There are some people that make their work just another thing they have to do. And there are those that make their work something that they want to do. Welcome to Working on Purpose with your host, Elise Cortez. In our program, we provide guidance and inspiration from those people who have found deeper meaning and personal connection to their work life. It's beyond 9 to 5. It's Working on Purpose. Now, here is your host, Elise Cortez. Thanks for tuning in again this week. I'm your host, Elise Cortez, joining you from Dallas, Texas, which is home base for me. This program is all about helping people more meaningfully and productively connect with their work and equipping leaders to cultivate meaning and purpose in the workplace to elicit passion, inspired contribution, and persevering performance within the organization. So I seek out and bring on guests who have a particular perspective, experience, or expertise that I think contributes to or expands this conversation. And as a management consultant and social scientist, I draw on the meaning and work and identity research I've been doing over the last 15 years, as well as my experience consulting, speaking, and developing workforces across the globe. Last week, if you missed the live show, you can always catch it via recorded podcast. We were on the air with Cynthia Bryan, who is an empowerment architect and founder and executive director of Be The Star You Are, a 501c3 literacy and positive media charity. She's also president of Star Salt Productions. We talked about the empowerment work she does across various venues and how she sees her work addressing some of today's thorniest problems. It was a very energizing conversation that had to activate all kinds of potential and listeners. With us this week is nationally acclaimed, best-selling, and award-winning author, transformational speaker, and success coach, Cheryl Poloti-Williamson. As a global leader, she is the CEO and founder of Williamson Media Group that produces films and documentaries, and Cheryl Poloti-Williamson, which is her LLC, where she uses her knowledge and expertise to conduct and affirm the others in the pursuit of purpose, which of course I'm all about, right? So that's why I had to bring her on the show. And then just in this year, she launched the nonprofit Soul Reborn to help women who are unable to afford business services and educational programs to become self-sufficient and financially independent. She joins us today from Dallas, Texas with me, Cheryl. Welcome to Working on Purpose. Hello, my dear. I'm so glad to be here, excited just about everything that we're going to discuss. So I am ready. I am so happy to have you on the show, Cheryl. And I only wish we could also share your beautiful visual presence with our listeners because you are just a sight to behold, a real force. And, you know, when I first met you, I somebody told me to come and see you speak because she, they said, this is a woman who's got it. And when I saw you and heard you, Cheryl, I had to agree. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, let's get into it, my, my dear. I mean, you are that beautiful force on fire in the world, and you stand for helping women to connect with their gifts, teaching them entrepreneurship, leadership, philanthropy, storytelling. Why are you so passionate about the work you do? Where does this, all, the, all this energy come from? I am passionate about the work that I do because I feel like if we know who we are, we can walk out fully and appreciate the gifts that we have unapologetically and I'm passionate about it because it brings about a force in the world so that we can be everything that we're supposed to be so that when we leave here we leave empty we've shared all of our gifts there is no if I would have should I could I and I'm passionate about helping people realize that you can do this don't make excuses about it just do it do it afraid do it not having all the answers. And that's what I'm passionate about, pulling it out. No holes barred, no waiting, wishing, wondering. Mm. 
Well, I'm quite, quite there with you, as you know. I completely am in a similar space and saying some of the same messages. And I think that you and I might come about this a little bit differently. So I'd like to hear about, from your vantage point, Shira, what do you see going on in the world that makes you think this work is so needed? Why do you think this is important work to do? I think this work... I think the work is important because I come across a lot of women who are extremely broken, whether it be through society or things that have happened in their families. But what I've come to realize is if we can speak life into a group of women specifically, it will impact the world because when you have a woman who is whole and transformed, and she brings that environment into her home and into her children and into those that come in contact with her, it's life-changing for the world. And what we see right now going on is a lot of sadness, a lot of brokenness, and it's because people are not in touch with who they are and what their gifts are. And that's why it's important to me for people to realize and see that you can be the change in the world that we see. We don't have to sit around waiting on other people to be the change. We can be the change. And I pride myself in being a catalyst for helping people recognize not to just sit around waiting, but to be in action, in a constant state of action to change hatred to love, to change the world into a peaceful place to live where we are accepting of one another and we want to work together for the common good. And I don't see a lot of that happening in the world right now, but I'm not going to sit around and talk about it. I'm going to make sure that I'm taking action every single day intentionally to change what I see that is wrong in the world. That is beautiful. It does align a lot with my my position of purpose as well, Cheryl, and that for me, I look at people across the world who are walking through life as zombies, and they oftentimes don't even know it, right? And to your point, um, if we can get them turned on to life and possibility, everybody wins. They win, their significant others win, their children win, their communities win, everybody wins. The organization certainly wins. So we are very much aligned with this, Cheryl. Absolutely. Mm. It's good work to be doing too, isn't it? I love the work because oftentimes people will ask, well, how do you see success? And success for me is about impact. And when you can leave an imprint on the world that when we're gone 50 or 100 years, when I'm no longer here, it's still people talking about what I poured into them, what I pulled out of them, what what words I imparted in them to make them take that leap, to take that action. And that's something that we all can do. We all can pull out greatness in somebody. Can you imagine if everybody in the world knew that no matter what, they had one person in this world that loved them? What a difference it would make in the world. Yes, and I'm all about that ripple effect, Cheryl. I'm completely with you on that. Let's do more of it. Absolutely. And speaking of that, I'm wondering, I'm, I've been so curious to ask you about this, the work that you do at Williamson Media Group, you producing films and documentaries. I think that's an incredible way to get out messages that can really have an impact like that. Can you share just a little bit about, about some of the projects that you've done that maybe you're particularly proud of or that have a message in it that you think that is really worthwhile for what you're up to? 
Absolutely. So in April, I uh, produced my first play entitled Soul Purpose. Uh, Every soul has a purpose. And with that, the message was that you can go through many things in life. These These five women, they were going through very different things, but they realized through their faith and their sisterhood and their bond that they could get through anything together. And no matter what they were going through, that their soul still has a purpose. It was an amazing play and a lot of messages and notoriety have come from it. I'm excited about the lives that were changed, people's careers that took off, people that realized that if I could do it, they could do it. So the reason I do some many of the things that I do, it's not for the accolades, it's for people to see, I'm just like you. I'm just willing to jump out and do it. And if I can do it, you can do it. The next thing that I'm producing right now is a piece entitled The Power of Laughter Heals the Soul. And that's actually taking place this Thursday at the Black Academy of Arts and Letters. And I'll tell you why I decided to do this tour to create it was because I realized that if people could have more laughter in their life, it would reduce their stress, their anger, their frustration. So that's why I titled the titled it The Power of Laughter Heals the Soul. And I'm actually bringing in comedian actress Kim Coles from In Living Color and Living Single, the series that aired on TV for many years. And she is coming in to talk about the different things that you go through in life that many of us go through. Depression, loss, grief, struggle. She shares the fact that she was on the red carpet with Will Smith, but she only had $27 in her pocket. She didn't even know how she was going to get home. And the fact that so many people live these lives that nobody knows about. But she talks about how laughter got her through it, how her storytelling got her through it. So these types of projects are extremely important to me. And if it's okay, I did want to share one that I'm embarking on. It is my desire to, in 2019, I will receive 12 women who have recently been released from incarceration. They're going to follow them for an entire year. And it's going to be a documentary where we take them through the programs of philanthropy, wealth management, entrepreneurship, etiquette, storytelling, and leadership. Because we want to show the world that although these women have been incarcerated, that they have the ability to be rehabilitated. Okay, Cheryl, that's what I call a rehab program. Yes. That is a fantastic rehab program. I think that, talk about working on purpose, Cheryl. You are doing it on so many fronts. I really, really appreciate the work you're doing, which is, again, why I had to have you on the show and share you because you're such a great example of what the rest of us can learn from, emulate, follow, join on the bandwagon. It's it's amazing work. Yes, I'm excited about it. Oh, I'm so glad. (laughs) Oh, this is great. Um, All right. A couple more things about your work here I'd like to be able to bring out for our listeners, because I think it's important for people to understand that, you know, the work that we do in terms of transformation and inspiration, there's, it it has an outcome. And and so I wanted you to share a little bit about what you do in terms of being a speaker, a transformational speaker and a success coach. 
can you share maybe an example or two of some people that you've been able to help empower to discover or their purpose, whether or not it's, it makes sense to give their identity away or not, but can you share a couple of examples? Absolutely. There is a one story I want to share. There's a young lady that I coach and mentor, and she was adopted. She didn't know for a long time she was adopted. And then when she found out, it took her through a spiral in her life of just feeling rejected. And then she took that into her marriage, and she carried that for many years, feeling less than. I spoke with her one day and we started talking about things that happened in her life and what she wanted to do about it. We got together and we made a plan. First of all, I let her know that she was not a victim. She is a victor. See, first we have to lose the victim mentality. Things happen to us. But when we make a conscious decision that we want to get to the other side of it, that's the game changer. That's when our life can change. And so when I helped her get to the other side, asking those questions, she had to go and ask the questions in her past so that she could move forward in her future. And once we got those questions addressed and she waked up, she awakened every morning knowing, and these are things that I told her, tell yourself that you are enough, that you are brilliant, that you attract multi-million dollar people into your life that help you get to your destiny. We started affirming her. Every single day she had an affirmation, 30 days of affirmations. Then I started talking to her about sharing her story and the power of owning her story. Once she started owning her story and walking in her truth and full transparency and accepting everything, her life changed because nobody controlled her narrative. See, when we control our narrative, Nobody has the ability to hold anything over us. Nobody can say to you, I remember when you were a child. I'm very well aware of that. And when she got that power, that was the thing that changed for her. So I walked her through that. Then I helped her publish her story. And now she has a legacy that now allows her to travel the country, sharing her story with other children who've been adopted that feel a certain way about certain things. And now she has her books, she's speaking, and this is a beautiful thing. She's now helping other people publish their stories. She's helping other people share their dreams, teaching them how to be speakers. She took all those years of feeling less than, and now she has, she's out in the world sharing her greatness with people, letting them know that this is where I was, but this is where you can be. And it's been a phenomenal change to see that. I have another young lady that never spoke about her past and I had no idea when she came to my fitness club until I said to her, I'm writing a book and I would love to have you a part of it? Well, I have to tell you, I didn't know what her story was going to be. But when she shared her story, unbeknownst to me, she was a child soldier fighting in her country in Zimbabwe when she was 12 years old. And she had bouts where there was no food, there was no water. She had given up on herself. She didn't realize who she was, 
what she could be in this world. And she was, and she's an executive, but it was still a part of her past that was holding her hostage. So once she released that story, it took her to a whole nother level as a leader in her company. It's like nobody could hold her hostage by her story. She wasn't hiding it anymore. That, oh, I don't want anybody to find out about this. Once she shared her story, she became free. And once she became free, her level of leadership took off at her company because she felt sure about who she was. And that's just just a few examples of women that I have worked with to transform the way that they think about themselves, their business, their families, their relationships, their ability to make impact on the world and not make apologies because their mere presence interrupts the atmosphere when they enter the room. Oh, my gosh, Cheryl, that is a big, fat bravo. Fantastic work and a great way to send us into our first break. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. We run the air with nationally acclaimed, best-selling, and award-winning author, transformational speaker, and success coach, Cheryl Peloti-Williamson. She is the CEO and founder of Williamson Media Group, produces films and documentaries. She's also the president of Cheryl Peloti-Williamson, LLP, where her knowledge and expertise is used as a conduit. She's the author of several books, including Soul Reborn, a book of words, motivations, and inspirations. She joins us today from Dallas, Texas. We've been talking a bit about her work and some of the ways that she transforms people in their lives. After the break, we're going to get into some of the work that she's doing with leadership and empowerment. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose. This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. If you're just joining us, my guest is Cheryl Pollock Williamson, best-selling author, transformational speaker, and success coach. She's authored several books, including The Success Factor, Stories from Successful Entrepreneurs Who Thrived After Facing Failure, and she's the CEO and founder of Williamson Media Group that produces films and documentaries. She is also the president of Cheryl Pollock Williamson, LLC, where her knowledge and expertise is used as a conduit to affirm others in pursuit of their purpose. We've been talking before the break about some of her work she does in transformation and coaching. Now we're going to get more into entrepreneurship and leadership. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. Okay, Cheryl, so I know you have a ton to say about business. And so I want to talk first, if we can, about women in business. And so when we think about that, and I love that you're working to empower women especially, so how can women help themselves to become more successful as business owners? What do you tell them? The first thing I would suggest is that we need to be comfortable not being the smartest person in our circle. Mm. I surround myself with people who are already at the level that I want to be at. My circle does not consist of the people who are on the same business level that I am because I can't learn anything. I'm constantly 
trying to pull everybody else along. And people don't want to hear that, but it is hard to be successful in business when you're trying to pull everybody along at the same time. So I would encourage women that you need to surround yourself with women who are at least five levels above where you are. You need to have people in your inner circle who have already mastered a certain level of achievement so you can see what it looks like. Because, see, that is powerful. When you can see it, you can believe that it can happen. I like to encourage to be in the right rooms. And people ask me, what are the right rooms? You have to do your homework to know what field of business you are in, first and foremost. And then you need to make it your business to be in those rooms. You have to create the opportunities for yourself so that when you get to the table, you can stay at the table. And it's so important for us to have the necessary tools. And for women who tell me all the time, I don't know where to go to, where where do I start? The Small Business Administration is one of the greatest sources that I have ever come across. And it is absolutely free. And most of us don't know anything about it. It is the Small Business Administration. So I would encourage my women business owners, please take advantage of every seminar, every opportunity for counseling, for marketing and strategy. And if you have credit issues or any of those things, they have resources for you. It is designed for us to win. But you have to put in the work. And you have to be willing to stay the course. Even when it gets hard, you have to be willing to stay the course. Mm. I also think that the SBA is an incredible resource. And I also really appreciate what you said about surrounding yourself with people that are five levels above you. Association is so very important. And that learning piece, golden advice, Cheryl. Thank you. Absolutely. Now, I don't know if this is separate for you, but I do want to talk about entrepreneurship. I don't know if you distinguish that as a business owner, but what are some of the core things you teach women about entrepreneurship, if that's different from what you just said before? Absolutely. With entrepreneurship, it's it's interesting because this is one of the first things that I say, be prepared to go it alone. Sometimes people don't understand your vision and your dream. And you cannot take an entire amount of time explaining it to them. As an entrepreneur, we have to make tough decisions. We have to be willing to work past nine to five. We have to be willing to take risks. We have to be willing to do it afraid. And as an entrepreneur, you're a trailblazer many times. You'll do things that nobody has ever done before or even thought about. And that is just part of the life as an entrepreneur. I know for me, there were times when I first started that I didn't have all the answers. In fact, there are times now I don't have all the answers, but I am willing as an entrepreneur to do it and move ahead with 50% of the information. Because what I have found is if you wait for 100% of the information, as an entrepreneur, you will never move forward. 
And by the time you get 100% of the information, the information has changed. So it is a constant pursuit of information. It is a constant pursuit of the next opportunity. You cannot sit and just rest as soon as you have one victory. You have to constantly be pursuing and staying on top of the trends, whether it be in social media, financial, conferences, all of those things. That is a part of being an entrepreneur. And I have to say that it is glamorized on social media. Entrepreneurship is glamorized on social media. And we see all the trips and all of those things. But I don't want our listeners to take it lightly. Entrepreneurship, it can be done, but it is a lot of work, a lot of work. But you can make great impact. I completely agree with all that. And I really want to echo a couple of things that you said really quick for our listeners, Cheryl. One is that the importance of making decisions when you don't have all of the data, and 50% maybe sometimes, I think that's really, really an important point. And two, that you, you got to keep, that, that the information you're working from will quickly get stale. So you have to keep feeding yourself with new information. I think that's really important. I, the work ethic, the work hours, that's that's huge. There's a lot in there that I think is really important for people to get. So beautiful. And I appreciate how punchy that you're giving this information. I want to get as much out of you as I possibly can while I've got you. Okay. The extraction process, Cheryl. Um, all right. Well, let's talk about leadership. So I don't, I don't want to seem and come off stereotypical here at all. But when I meet you and see you, you strike me as just a natural leader. You've got a powerful, commanding presence, enormous, gracious smile. It's just infectious, and you are incredibly warm, and you're in touch with your feelings. And so I remember when we met, that beautiful moment that we shared where we just got each other. And it's just that's such an incredible thing to be able to be present to and live in. So how do you employ all that person in your leadership approach, or do you? I actually employ all of it in my leadership approach. The first thing for me is letting people know, right? just making people comfortable and letting them know I am comfortable with the silence. And I remembered as you and I embraced, there was a moment where we said nothing. It was a knowing. And many times as a leader, that is so powerful and people will buy into you so quickly because they understand that you have feelings You care about them. And I think a lot of times as leaders, we miss that. We want to immediately come in and take charge as opposed to sitting, listening, showing that we are humble, showing that we are willing to serve. And I will share with you, for me as a leader, when I own my fitness clubs, many times people didn't even know I owned them because I was cleaning the toilets, sweeping the floor, taking memberships. And I never introduced myself as I am the owner because that wasn't important to me. I wanted people to feel comfortable and happy and feel like they were in a safe environment and they were with someone that really loved and cared for them, that had their best interest at heart. And as a leader, those are qualities that we must have. You must be a servant leader. When you invest in people, that is the greatest investment that a leader can make because those same people will come alongside you 
to get you to the next level that you're seeking to go to. So as leaders, we must be approachable. We must be humble. We must be willing to serve. We must be willing to put others before ourselves in the work environment. We must be willing to pour into other people so that they can achieve their hopes and their dreams. Mm. Because when you do that, they'll push your company to the top because they have a vested interest because they know you have a vested interest in them. I completely agree with every single last syllable that you uttered there. One of the things that I also really got from our interaction when we first met that I think is probably a part of your leadership approaches in that quiet moment exchange that you were talking about that we had together. I think in that moment, we each felt seen by the other and there was so much power in that. I agree with you. And I have to tell you, as you repeated that, I received the same chills that I received that night when we hugged. And do you recognize that sometimes, especially as women, that's all we need is for somebody to say, I see, not even say it, just feel it. I see you. I feel you. I understand you without even saying a word. And I'll never forget that. I will never forget that feeling that I felt that night when we hugged and said absolutely nothing. It was a knowing. It was an absolute knowing without a shadow of a doubt that I see you, I feel you, I'm here for you. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. That's exactly what I got to, and I got the same goosebumps again too, Cheryl. Thank you. Me too. That's <laughs> <laughs> yes, good. Uh, okay, before we go on our next break here, I want to get this impacting if we can. So what maybe a few pearls that maybe you can share with our listeners about how they can help develop themselves as leaders and become the people they want to be to have the impact that they want? I love this question. Here are three things that I, I do. I read leadership books from the top, whoever their top leaders are, they see as leaders, everybody's views are different. I watch videos of people's style. So for speaking, I watch different people's style and I take different things away that I like and I don't like or carry it into something that would speak to me. I adopt it for myself. Also, I enroll in leadership classes. You can enroll online or you can enroll at universities. It's great to have additional certifications as a leader. Mm. So what I really heard from all of that, Cheryl, and I appreciate all that advice, I do similar things, is that you are a constant student. Yes. Mm. You must have a teachable spirit. That's the thing. In business, leadership, you must have a teachable spirit. You cannot ever have the attitude that you know everything. And when you have a teachable spirit, you have people that will come alongside you and push your business to the next level because you were open to be coached. Mm-hmm. You know, I hope that listeners really get the, the, profound, the profundity of what you just said here because you are really quite a force. And if you're still out there learning on a regular basis and cultivating and stoking your mind and your leadership practices, boy, the rest of us really got to get on that same wagon then. <laughs> I really, really appreciate that lesson. I, I love to learn too, Cheryl, and I'm always asking for feedback and 
what about this and how this come off and it, it's and the other thing I would say about that is it's easier to take feedback, especially if you solicit it. Absolutely. Mm. All right. Well, let's take our last final break here because I want to get into after the break. We're going to talk about philanthropy and storytelling. Okay, I'm excited. Yeah, I know. Me too. I know you're going to bring us home. So I'm yeah. Elise Cortez, your host. We've been on the air with nationally acclaimed, best-selling, and award-winning author, transformational speaker, and success coach Cheryl Pelote Williamson. She is the CEO and founder of Williamson Media Group. That produces films and documentaries. She's also the president of Cheryl Pellot Williamson, LLC, where her knowledge and expertise is used as a conduit to affirm others in pursuit of their purpose. She's the author of several books, including Soul Reborn, a book of words, motivations, and inspirations. She joins us today from Dallas, Texas. Right back. Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose. This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. If you're just tuning in, my guest is Cheryl Pelote Williamson, best-selling author, transformational speaker, and success coach. She's authored several books, including The Success Factor, Stories from Successful Entrepreneurs Who Thrived After Facing Failure, and she is the CEO and founder of Williamson Media Group that produces films and documentaries. She's the president of Cheryl Pelote Williamson, LLC, where her knowledge and expertise is used as a conduit to affirm others in pursuit of their purpose. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. So, Cheryl, for this last segment here, I want to talk about philanthropy and storytelling. And I'm guessing you're going to probably go hand in hand somewhat here. Yes. You just launched Soul Reborn. And I know its mission is to help women who cannot afford business services and educational programs to become self-sufficient and financially independent. So I want to understand how does this organization come to be and why is it so important to you? It is important to me because I have come across women that have so many amazing business ideas and stories, and they had no clue where to start. And it bothered me. And I decided that I wanted to be a catalyst of change to help these women make their dreams come true. So I decided that I would move forward, as you said earlier, Soul Reborn is a book that I wrote. And I realized that during a time of transformation in my own life, my soul became reborn. I've got reignited about business and leadership and all those things. And that's why I named it Soul Reborn. And it is for the disadvantaged, disenfranchised, and ex-incarcerated woman. I wanted people to have a place to come where they wouldn't feel like my dreams can't come true because I don't have the resources. I don't have the money. I don't have the know So I, through Soul Reborn, am making it possible for women to get help with leadership, entrepreneurship, philanthropy, storytelling, etiquette. And I have to say, the reason many people say, oh, why etiquette? 
Why is that important? Because in order to be in a business environment, the whole picture is looked at. You can do amazing business, but if there's no business being discussed at a table and it's a meal, people are always watching. Did she use the right napkin? Did she use the right fork? Is that the right spoon? So that's important. It's a minor detail for some people, but I have watched people at business meetings watching to see if people are using the right utensils. So I want to address the whole woman from business to philanthropy to leadership to place them in a position of power. And that's what Soul Reborn does. Once you get to the table, we'll have you in a position to stay at the table to make those business decisions. That is brilliant, Cheryl. And again, I really appreciate the the impact that you're having, the legacy that you're having. Talk about making a difference in, in people's lives, literally transforming them. And that is that is really phenomenal work to get to do. And I, I appreciate that you do this with everything else that you're doing on top of your speaking, your coaching, your books, your other businesses. It's it's very inspiring for me. It's important to me. That's my legacy. Above all the books, the speaking, the legacy for me is the lives that I impact. That, that's it. The people that will be able to say, because I learned the skill, I was able to take care of my children. Because I learned the skill, I was able to care for my aging parents and place them in a nicer facility or have them in my home. That It's about impact. Soul Reborn is about impact. You know, many times we have things and it's like, oh, I'm just going to do this for a little while. And then it'll go away. No, Soul Reborn is about renewing the soul. Mm, Always. That is amazing. It's beautiful. So you do this and you do it beautifully. Why do you counsel other women to consider incorporating philanthropy into their lives? Because I truly believe that we all need to give back. And many of us, we don't learn that as children. So I take it as my duty, as my honor, as a part of who I am in, my, in the deposit that I'm making into this earth to teach people how simple it is to be philanthropic. Because many people feel that philanthropy is about money. It's not always about money. It's about time. It's about paying it forward. Philanthropy can be as simple as letting the person behind you go in front of you because they have less items. You have given and poured into somebody. That's being philanthropic. And when we do these things, we change the world. We change the environment. We change the atmosphere in which we live when we teach people how to give back, how to care about someone other than self. When we become selfless, we will see more phenomenal things happen in this world. And I think it's important that we teach this, that every bit counts, even if it's $5. In fact, I was speaking to a young lady and she said, I don't have a lot of money, but I want to do something with the money. So I said, well, why not start out giving $5 a month? to a cause that speaks to you. And at the end of the year, you've helped somebody 
and you don't even recognize that the five dollars is even coming out of your account anymore. And we need that. We're responsible. We're responsible as human beings to give back at whatever level we can give. If that's speaking for free, if that is pouring into somebody, it is philanthropy. I love how you've distinguished that, Cheryl. And it's not just about money. That is so beautiful. Thank you. I love it. That's just who I am. I mean, I live it. I breathe it. When people ask me, how often should I give? I say as often as you breathe. Hmm. It does totally come through your pores, Cheryl. I'll tell you that. It's just, it's (laughs) steeping. (laughs) Okay, well, let's talk about stories now. I know that you are a a big proponent of helping women to be able to connect with their gifts and storytelling. Why storytelling? Why is that important? I love storytelling so much, and I'm like giddy while I'm talking about it, because it you own it. There's nothing that can be held over you. It's free-flowing. It's, it, it, it gives you a voice. And I often, I remember I heard a speech by Oprah, and she was talking about the power of owning your story. And it spoke to me because in the past 18 months, I've helped 109 people share their stories. And many of them, if not all of them, it was the first time they had ever addressed the things that were were actually going on in their lives that was holding them back from getting to their next level. So storytelling, it opens opportunities in so many ways. You can use it to enhance your business. You can use it to enhance speaking opportunities. It helps, it helps free other people because when you share your story, you're letting someone else know you are not alone and you don't even realize it until you have a line of women and men embracing you, whispering in your ear, thanking you for the courage to share something that they too had struggled with for years. And it doesn't have to be traumatic. It doesn't have to be drastic. And that's the part I think that we miss. We think storytelling is all traumatic stories. It's not. But I'll have people come to me and whisper and say, I had a bout with depression too, and I didn't tell anybody, and it took me longer to get over it. So I believe when we share our stories, it gives other people permission to share theirs. But this is the thing. They don't even realize, or we don't even realize, we don't need anybody's permission to walk in our greatness and be who we're being called to be. That's something that we place on ourselves and stories free us they allow us to walk this earth so free when there's nothing to be held over us and if i thread that back to what you said earlier on the show about how you you helped people you've you've helped various people change the narrative of their story to empower their message and their lives and themselves to really have the impact that they want to have, then then I really see the, and I understand because of some of the work that I do too, of the power of stories. Yes, absolutely. The narrative is important. You can take your narrative from negative to positive, even if it's the worst thing that you think that has ever happened to you. Once you control the narrative, it's kind of like in the media when you hear them say, get ahead of the story, and then the sting is not so much. 
It's the same thing. When you have the ability to share your story, nobody else can tell your story. You're telling it. You're walking in it. You're embracing it. You have the ability to change lives by the way that you share your story. And that's business and personal. Think about the people who share their stories that talk about their failing in business five or six times, having five or six different businesses, and then finally having this multi-billion dollar business. That's their story. They changed the narrative. They went from being broke to being billionaires. They went from extreme poverty to extreme wealth. And now they're sharing their stories. And, it is, and we see it all the time. We see it all the time, how people change their narratives. I was listening to Steve Jobs' story about starting in the garage. And now look at Apple. He's not with us anymore, but look at Apple. He shared his story, the ability to share your story changes your life and the people around you. I completely agree, of course. Now, is there a thread to philanthropy and storytelling? Yes, there absolutely is a thread. Philanthropy and storytelling can work hand in hand because what I have done is through the books that I publish, I give the money to charity. So I'm able to take the stories that I share and turn it into opportunities to pour into the ovarian cancer society, to the American Heart Association. So when I shared my story and wrote books, now I use those resources for my philanthropic efforts. Whatever that is, wherever I want to give it, I have the ability to use it because I've shared my story. The other way that you can use your story is partner with an organization and you can go in and speak and you can leave every resource that is made from that specific event right there at the charity. And they're always looking for people to partner. For example, the domestic violence shelters, when somebody has that story and they go in and share it either through books or through speaking, they're using that to help a charity to bring recognition for other people to recognize that you too can go through this, but you can use it to help other people. And that is how we tie in philanthropy to something that we may have been feeling poorly about our entire life. We can use it to help somebody else. Oh, Cheryl, that's just stunningly beautiful. We are so almost out of time, and I want to give you the the last word, if you will. So you know this show is about helping people across the globe more meaningfully and productively connect with their work and find meaning and purpose in what they do. What would you like to leave our listeners with and say about 30 seconds? I would like our our listeners to know that they should expect to win. They should wake up expecting to win. When you decide to walk in your purpose, make no more excuses about why you can't do it, you won't do it. It's all in your mindset and what you tell yourself. You are empowered to do great things in this world, but you have to believe it. Walk in your purpose, walk in your calling. And make no more excuses about it. Today is the day to take action and move forward. 
Oh, Cheryl, beautiful finish. I thank you so very much for sharing your beautiful soul in your words with me and my listeners. Thank you so much for being on Working on Purpose. Thank you for having me. I hope you have an amazing evening and I appreciate this opportunity. Absolutely. And if you want to learn more about Cheryl Pallote Williamson, visit her website. It's CherylPWilliamson.com. Once again, Cheryl with a C, PWilliamson.com. And join us next week when we talk with Hugh Welsh, who is the general counsel and president of DSM North America. It's a food ingredient company. We'll be talking about how this large ingredient company has been wildly successful financially and operationally by working from purpose. In other words, the ROI of working from purpose. See you there. Remember that work is at least one third of our life. So let's work on purpose. We hope you've enjoyed this week's program. Be sure to tune in to Working on Purpose, featuring your host, Elise Cortez, each week on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, find your life's purpose at work. <laughs>